Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another post-conference presser. So this week, we've got the Wolves game coming up. Tomorrow is Saturday, three o'clock, which, let's be honest, we do not get too many of. So my name's Dave Davis. I am joining you from a semi-Baltic Edinburgh, I'd call it that. And in an almost true Freaky Friday reversal, I've got Nina with me. Nina, how are we? I'm really good. It feels so re- um, so surreal actually talking about the game before it's actually taken place. So this is new for me. I like it as well because I can put you on the spot rather than the other way around this time <laughs> as well. So this could be quite an interesting one. Very much looking forward to it. So sure you know the score by now, ladies and gents. We'll do the normal review of the press conference. We'll have a look at Brighton. Yes, we have to revisit Brighton and any clues from that one. We'll look ahead to Wolves, think about them do the normal formation and lineup predictions, and then Nina will play Beat the Hogs, where I am gutted to say I am now 2-1 down, thanks to Lise Marie beating me last week. So everything to play for. So we'll get straight into it then, Nina, around the press conference. So quite an early one, 12 o'clock. And if anyone's listening before, there is an embargo at half 10 this evening. So I'll be interested to see what that brings. Quite a few topics that naturally the the boss was quizzed on. So he started talking, which is probably understandable. It's three league games without a win. 
talked about the Brighton defeat and did he get any encouragement from that? So Klopp's response was a, a yes and no. It's natural that we want to win games of football, understandably. We shouldn't have lost it in the way we did, which wasn't cool, which, yeah, can't really agree with that anymore. And we have to show a reaction this weekend. <laughs> Sounds familiar words almost, like free, you know, deja vu there a little bit, Nina. But do you think they will? Are you expecting a response this weekend? You know, you said that he started speaking. I tell you what, he's a braver man than I because it's so hard, isn't it? I mean, you, you yeah. spoke about the three league, um, league games, you know, without a win. We've not actually won a league game this year. We've only won one game and that was Wolves in the FA Cup. God, yeah. You know, if you, if you really want to like, you know, chew on the stats of what, how we've been thinking. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he, he pretty much gave yes, no answers. And he's talking about, you know, a response, a response. Always, you know, thinking ahead, which you kind of expect from any manager. You certainly expect that from Jurgen Klopp. And yeah, you think the players should have a response. You'd, you'd like to hope so. Every other yeah. season you would. But this season just doesn't feel it for me, Dave. I don't know. I watch us and you watch us and everyone that's listening to this podcast watches us. And, you know, when I go back to that, that season when we won the league and, you know, we were losing like one nil to the likes of like Aston Villa and there was like five minutes left. You never gave up hope as a supporter. You just yeah. knew something was going to happen. And within 10 minutes, Dave, I can kind of get a vibe of how this is going to pan out. And it's very, very predictable. Yeah, a response is needed, but... It's not happened. It's not happened. And I thought the Man City game would have been it. That was the blueprint of how we should play and yeah. what you expect from the team. And it's just, and you know, um, yeah, the form is off. You know, there's been a lot of uncertainty, you know, backroom staff, you know, you can't ignore that. What's going on behind house? Um, you know, there's a lot of injuries. I just feel like it just feels like chaos. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree, and I'd, I'd love, I'd love to believe, almost like you said, this this is going to be a, the reaction. There is that little bit of me there, the hopeful side is trying to believe it will. Oh, happen. of course, of course, of course. I mean, that's why you support this club, right? You know, you you always believe in the good, and you know, you've got to be up, you've got to have some optimism. But I'll be honest with you, it's it's treading on a thin ice at the moment. Can't lie. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd, it almost reminds me of it. This, this isn't me that say I'm kind of stealing it from a tweet I saw. We used to almost make fun of United, didn't we, when they lost mm-hmm. regularly? And it'd be the same old platitudes, the same old tweets, even, you know, the messages they'd sent out. And we make mm-hmm. fun of it. We are just flirting a bit with that at the moment. So, yeah, the, the hopeful side, fingers crossed, comes to the floor and is rewarded. Everton. No. I can't even laugh at Everton. That is so bad. <laughs> I, I can a little bit because Sean Dyche coming in and doing bleep tests on his first test, you know, on his first day in the middle of February. It is quite funny. But yeah, even that is a stretch at the moment. So we'll see how that works out. And, and an interesting topic. I, I want to phrase this carefully because mm. we all love Mo Salah, you know, an absolute legend, icon, all those types of things you could, you could label him. Absolutely correct. Not going through the greatest time at the moment. I don't think anyone could debate that at all. Wouldn't, wouldn't highlight him as a, you know, one of the real problems of the team, anything like that at all. But not going through his best period, let's put it that way. So Klopp was asked about it. You know, he, he could, another Mo Salah record could be equaled or broken. 200 league games now, or the next game against Wolves. He needs one goal to equal Gordon Hodgson's record. 
too will break it naturally. So he was asked if he'd lost confidence and there was a few of the standard platitudes, you know, strikers go through the periods, mm-hmm. ups and downs, maybe he's not got 100% confidence, no issues with desire, which I don't, maybe I'm wrong. I, I never thought that was an issue, his desire, his will, anything like that. We know how much of a driven personality is. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, though. How do you kind of see the Salah situation at the moment? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, you know, we, we've kind of just singled out Mo Salah there, but I think there's a lot of senior players that haven't stepped up to yeah. what they should be this season. Um, but it's right to highlight Mo Salah because you, you spoke about his, his stats right there and, you know, all the records that he's going to break. Remember there was that tweet going around that everyone always did. Um, every football set would be like, such a, such a player's done this, but only Mo Salah's got more. It yeah. was like only Mo Salah. It was like death taxes and Arsenal finishing top four under Wenger. Like it was that kind of vibe and it's kind of gone. It's a very, very interesting one because I think anyone that's like, has been watching Liverpool as a whole, which is practically everyone that listens to this podcast, will yeah. say that he's not been the same kind of player since the Afcon, right? Um, you know, he's he's yeah. not he's not been performing to those elite levels, and that could you know, and again, you know, Afcon, all them games, it takes out your legs. Of course, he made it all the way to the final. You know, everything you got to consider that, and then playing all those league games, and then having a small preseason, I will say, and then obviously coming back into this league. I think yeah. what's not helped as well is the simple fact that in in some of these games as well, I think, you know, you have to kind of, yeah, he's not been great, but I also have to look at where he's been played and the position True. he's been playing as well. And I think that doesn't really give a player much confidence. Also, you know, the fact that he, he lost his boy in, in Sadio Mane in, in the summer. And then obviously Roberto Firmino getting injured. There's been a lot of newness in that attack as well. Newness and newness, of course. But, yeah. you know, there's, a, you know, there's like fresh ideas and you know, maybe, and then there's all that to deal with. And then you've got to deal with the fact that he's practically best friends with the linesmen for a majority of these games. He's completely isolated. And I think, you know, yeah, you can look at the player, but then you also have to look at the, the coaching side of things and think, why would you have your most threatening, potent striker where the threat is going to come from? And why are you going to negate him like that? Like, I, it's, for me, it's a collective thing. He's not been on it, absolutely. I think his last goal was, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, what, what, when did he score his last Wolves goal? Wolves FA it? Cup, wasn't it? That Wolves yeah, FA yeah, Cup one. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, and it's, it's hard because, you know, like the fact that you had to go all the way that back to think about a Mosala goal and, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, you could look at him and think, yeah, he's a, you know, player, he's getting a little bit older and things. But for me, yeah, all those things are completely, completely natural. But I just think it's just been a season of we're doing some weird things tactically and some players have come in and it's just, it's just not looking great as a whole. Um, I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I'm not keen on him just being isolated out wide. I don't think it serves anyone. I don't think it benefits anyone. I do think he could raise his game. And I think, you know, there has been a lot of criticism of Mo Salah. I think this is going to be a a defining moment. Maybe it's a good thing for him. Maybe it's a character development thing because since he's come, he's hit the ground running and everyone's just been, you know, like lauding the praise on him. And this season, it's not quite happened. It'll be very interesting to see what kind of response he has to that psychologically. 
Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, I know people are going to be listening to this going, Dave, why have you even asked about having a go at Mo Salah? And I totally get that. And if listen, if Mo Salah is a problem for Liverpool, if anyone thinks I'm saying that, then let's be honest, Nina, he's about 9,673 on the list of the other stuff, isn't he, really, that's going Absolutely. on at this moment in time? And, I'm but, gonna say, and my response to that as well, Dave, and to everyone as well, is you know where we lord the praise, and we have, and we always will, yeah. when a player isn't performing to the levels that he can, because he can, you have to say he's not performing. It doesn't mean you hate the player or you've got an agenda against him. It just means that you are watching the game from an analytical perspective. Like hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking then, like you said, he, he might just be going through this period. The only thing I'm thinking, and this is this is a hope. This is very much a hope. Is it wasn't quite going exactly to plan earlier on in that. The season, I think that season, this season, isn't it? It feels that dramatic. Yeah. But do you remember he almost hit that hat trick against Rangers, and mm-hmm. then it just triggered him, didn't it? It just went mm-hmm. on that crazy run, and I'm sure someone's going to correct me when I'm saying this, but it felt like it hit something like eight in eight, something like that. You know, we just went on that winning run. It just feels like if anything is going to happen like that this season, almost like your tweet, it's going to be Mo Salah, isn't it? It's going to be him that's going to need to get going, and like you said. You've got to get your most dangerous player as close to the goal. And, 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 and I think Bobby and I think Bobby was playing in those games as well. And like Bobby True. likes to really, really get up in the faces of of his fellow strikers, right? You know, he's all about assisting and helping, and you know, doing all that he can, like a selfless player. And I feel like obviously the attackers we have right now, they're all quite pacey. They all kind of run down the channels. They're all kind of not saying they're selfish. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is they have a different skill set to. A Bobby Firmino, Firmino, and I think there was a familiarity between them two because we played so many seasons together. Yeah, no, I, I, the reason that the injuries, obviously, we know the impact they're having. It's not like it is a settled front three either. It's changing every week. People's yep. positions, the mm-hmm. nature, the personnel, e- even what they're being asked to do at the moment in almost a, a mid block, as I think it's being called. So, yeah, I think. To be fair, I think we've done a pretty good defence for Mo Salah there, Nina. I think that has well and truly ticked off that one. So, fingers crossed, he gets on the score sheet tomorrow. Now, one topic that I wondered if the journos were going to broach it, but they, they kind of did and kind of didn't. So, I'll explain what I mean by that. The transfer window, which is just short. <laughs> so, they didn't actually ask him about hours specifically, you know, how he thought, which probably because they knew what that would mean. But they asked him about Chelsea's. I think it was this guy was. Porter, I can't be 100% sure, said they were asking everyone. And this will, I promise you this, remember this, people will have ignored what he said fully. Because he said, 
I don't want to respond without my lawyer present. And everyone laughed in the room. And then he did say, that's a joke, that's a joke. I bet you any money, Nina, Nina, people delete that it's a joke. I bet someone somewhere is going to tweet tonight, it's a disgrace, Klopp saying this about Chelsea, blah, blah, blah. But he did then further say, you know, that it didn't understand it, but they're good players, you know, doesn't really understand how it's all working, which, to be fair, it's not his job to. Thinking for us, I know we're gutted that we didn't get anyone in. Mm. That just goes without saying. When you look at the boss at the moment, do you think he's actually, thank God, that's closed? Is that in his mind? It's closed. It's out of the way. I can just focus now. Do you think he's almost relieved, would you say? Before I answer this, can I um, have my lawyer present? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I kind of watched that and I watched it with some, I was kind of like watching his body language and I think you should watch Jurgen Klopp's body language. And, you know, um, I think he's really, really fed up of answering the same questions. One thing that he did say, and I'm going to paraphrase him because obviously I'm I'm not like you, I didn't make notes, but he said something about the Chelsea transfer and he goes, um, they can do it. So they did yeah. do it. And it really, really stuck with me. When he did that, his arms were folded. And to me, he just looked very kind of dejected. Now, I'm not trying to paint a scenario and it's not wishful thinking or me wanting to see something. But I think he is glad that it's closed because, because he couldn't do anything. And I think that's why he's glad it's closed because he's not having to answer the same regurgitating, mundane questions again and again and again and also it kind of shuts up the fans as well you know the ones that wanted some activity obviously I'm guessing Dave you wanted some activity which is why (laughs) you know you know some of us really really wanted it and even we've shown up about it now because that's it it case closed you can't you can't talk about now it's in the past it's done there's no like wishful thinking there's no hope and I guess you know like he's done with that as well now he knows the set of players that he has He's not, he's the only questions he's going to face is about the potential opposition, which is obviously Wolves in this case, and of course, the, the players that he has and injury updates. I think it's largely down to the fact that he can't do anything. The money that he apparently had, it went to Galk for, right? Yeah, 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 it's probably right. If, if you can't do anything, you haven't got the money to go shopping and everyone's talking about shopping, you're probably happy when everyone stops talking about shopping. I know that's an appalling analogy, but yeah, that is pretty much where we are for the the transfers. Although I have got a specific feeling that FSG and transfer talk will not stop until the summer. So we'll see what goes with that one. But yeah, agree completely with that. One, one topic you was asked about, which uh, I don't know if I'd like this, that the talk about the fixtures, there's a lot of big games. I mean, whether anyone likes it or not, there are some huge games, aren't there? The Derby, Real Madrid, Newcastle, some really big games coming up, especially for for where we are in the league. And he was asked, does that inspire you or does it, you know, cause a fear, shall we say? So it doesn't make it, you know, doesn't induce fear at all. There are things we need to work on. We've seen steps, but I'm just thinking about Wolves. Being honest, Nina, looking at the fixtures ahead that are coming up in February, like Wolves, the mm-hmm. Derby, Real Madrid, the Champions League, Newcastle Palace at the end of the month, everything the way it is right now, excitement or fear for you? Fear. I'm going to be honest with you. Absolute fear. Um, fear in terms of how we're playing. 
also it doesn't really help with the fact that you know the the I think one of the worst performances I ever saw was, um, of course, the Brighton game um, yeah. in the league. And, you know, we were playing... Like the, forget the fans being, like, rattled and unsettled by it. Um, I thought the the players looked that way as well. And in the past, you always saw this Liverpool side really, really rise to the challenge. And, you know, senior players yeah. really, really stepping up to it. I mean... I guess, again, I'm going to go back to the Man City game. I thought we gave it our all. I felt like heads were screwed on in that game. I felt like every player knew the assignment, understood the assignment, didn't get out of position, you know, when they didn't have the ball, didn't lose their heads positionally. And they made a, a, an excellent go of it. And obviously, we won the game. Um, but that was like a one game. Now, the problem yeah. with this Liverpool team is, aside from the concentration issues, because we are just lack, lacking concentration, that we switch off at set pieces. You yeah. know, It's not just one problem that we're dealing no. with. We're dealing with many problems here. And if it's like a one game, like just imagine every other game was quite calm. And then there's that Real Madrid game. You know, you could think, OK, well, focus on that one you know get you know they can get up for that one how many times they're going to get up like I just don't see it and you you're going to get to this in, a, in you know later on in the pond I don't want to spoil it but it looks like we've already got a select amount of players he hasn't got much wiggle room and how yeah. much steam have they got in their engine mentally and physically so he, I know he, he, he served it up really well and he should and it's Jurgen Klopp and you expect that from your manager. But from a fan perspective, I'm shitting the bed. Yeah, I, I, I would love to be able to go, no, you're talking nonsense. I could, like, but yeah, um, I can't really do anything but agree. The, again, everything we're talking about is hope rather than expectation. We're almost yes. hoping that yes. this weekend almost triggers something off, don't we? And it, and again, it leads to that hope because as people will say, and I think we will agree, well, we maybe not agree anymore, I don't know, but those teams that could go on a run, you would have maybe previously said, we're one of those, you know, we can get that momentum, the snowball effect, everything like that, we can go on a run. But I think like you said, it, it really is, It's there is a bit of fear and it's hope rather than expectation. So, yeah, it just feels like it's going to be a long season. So we'll see what February brings with that. Maybe maybe excitement and fear at the same time. There we go. So we'll see what that one brings. Trey, trying to bring it positive, though. We're going to try and do a positive nature. Injury <laughs> news. Injury news. So probably the biggest headline from the injury news, Diogo Jota will be back in team training next week. That's what Jürgen said. So... BBD maybe next week. He said Bobby was close. Diaz is now running, which is a positive. Mm-hmm. Asked about Ibu muscle. Mentioned it was a muscle injury, so a, a short one. Not putting words in your mouth, because it, but it is starting to sound more positive. But honest thoughts when you hear the boss talking about those players like that? I mean, for words, it sounds great, but Bobby Firmino was out with a little something, a minor injury, and I've not seen him in, like, months, it feels True. like. So, you know, like, so then I look at that and I think, okay. I also saw the pictures of, um, I think it was Bobby Firmino and Virgil van Dijk um, training, and I think, you know, they tweeted them out a few days yeah. ago. 
and it got a lot of people really happy and it was just I just thought so coincidental that it was right after the transfer window slams shut you know like give them some optimism which obviously we need we're holding on to anything at the moment it's great news that people like Jota are going to be back in like team training and things I think that's going to be a massive help in the attack as well because you know there's that enigma um enigmatic feel about Diogo Jota where he can yeah. be so quiet in a game and he'll get you two goals and you know again that kind of familiarity in the attack also giving Klopp some wiggle room in the attack as well so you can maybe manage those players minutes a little better these are all great things that we're, we're seeing and hopefully I think my biggest concern is is that I just hope we don't rush them back because I think with the Diaz right. thing with the World Cup and stuff and in Dubai I think maybe um you know that the fitness staff and the coaching staff might have been a little guilty in trying to rush him and maybe forcing something and I just don't want that I think I think it's key now that we just organically just let them naturally come to fitness and I'm sure Jurgen Klopp and the coaching staff and the fitness staff have learned their lessons from um Luis Diaz but yeah I mean they, they're great news because those players are important they're crucial they are game winners yeah. They, they, they also like provide so much in sense that, you know, like a Virgil van Dijk. I mean, I hope he comes back to what he was, you know, cause I think he's looked like a shadow of his former self as well. But I just think just seeing those names on the team sheet will inspire us as fans to be like, yay, you know, we've got our star players back, you know, the ones that have, you know, got us out so much trouble in the past. And also I think would breathe a lot of you know, confidence in having those kind of leaders on the pitch. Agreed. Yeah, agreed with all of that. Even, even when you said it about the transfer window closing, my cynical side also thought, it's funny that, how they've got Bobby and Virgil. I'm so in the, glad it, I'm not the it, only one. No, I even thought worse. I thought, it's funny how they've got Bobby and Virgil in the brand new training kit they're trying to flog and have just released today as well at the same time. I was like, maybe that's just the cynicism. But yeah, there you go. And agree as well about the... The Diaz thing, I like that word. I'm going to steal it organically. I think we've got to be really careful because if we're talking about Luis Diaz coming back, I think the suggestion is sort of March time, maybe onwards from there. This is horrible to say, but the realism could be the season might be a bit of a dead rubber by then. Yeah. You know, for out the Champions League, we're not so... So why would you even consider rushing him back? But you've got to be really careful with him. And the only other thing I thought, because we've had a lot of one game a week, weeks, if that makes sense. We keep mm. thinking, don't we? We've got Wolves and Chelsea to rearrange. Like, we're out there. Why aren't we arranging these games? There is the little cynic in me again that's just thinking, if Klopp just holds off on these, yes, it could be that we go to, you know, two a week at certain times, but he'd rather face them with those players back, wouldn't he? Let's be honest. So maybe there's just, that might be, be me just being cynical, but I just think that's possibly in his thoughts as well. That's a but, really yes. good shout. That's a good shout, actually. I didn't even think about it like that. But yeah, you would want your best players. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you, the points are crucial for what we're trying yeah. to chase. It's just a thought, but fingers crossed, yeah, we see some of those, like you say. Bobby's been close for a long time, it seems. And even even when he was close, he was preaching in Brazil on TV as well. So <laughs> fingers crossed, he's a, bit clo- he's a bit closer than that in the near future. And... Speaking of Brazilian, one person that did get asked, it was almost the last question of the, the press conference, specifically Fabinho. So it was mentioned that, you can't really escape this, it's been so important and obviously the, the form's fallen off a cliff. My words are there for want of a better phrase. But Klopp was asked, how was he taking it? So 
Interesting response. It's not like we've had any blow-ups or any arguments in training. He knows he's not flying and he's got to work his way back. He then mentioned, obviously, we're lucky to have Badge and how well he's doing, which you know couldn't agree with more. He's not the happiest, but he understands it. I mean, he's not the only one in midfield, quite rightly, that's, you know, fallen under the microscope there, Nina. I suppose... Looking at Fab, it's a little bit different with Fab. I'm going to, you know, carefully navigate away from any Henderson debate here because we know where that goes. Mm -hmm. But Fab is probably the one, if you think about how he's been in the last maybe year, 18 months, however you want to phrase it, a fall off a cliff, really, form-wise. I mean, Mm. I suppose a couple of questions on this. Do you think he can get it back? Is it like the leg? Is it the legs have gone, or is it? Does he just need to, you know, play his way back in, like Klopp mentioned? And almost longer term, do you think his long term future is at Anfield? Oh, that is a loaded question. First of all, um, I I saw the question as well. I think it was a local journalist that asked the question. Yeah, local journalist. Yeah, I did. I did smile a little, and I thought, hmm, interesting. But like you said, we're not going to go into that debate of two players. So we're we're not yeah. going there. But yeah, it was just something that kind of I I cottoned onto that straight away. I mean, Fabinho, you know, I think two seasons ago, and even like. Last season, we were saying we've got the best defensive midfielder. Yeah. And we were quite puffy-chested about that because we've not had one since Mascherano, which was pretty much like 12 years, right? Or 10 years over, you know, a long, long time. You know, we've never, ever replaced him. And we get this guy in and, you know, he he could press, he could play a pass. You know, he had a thunderbolt shot on him. Let's not forget the Man City goal. You know, he just fitted how we played and... Yeah, you're looking at this season and he looks like an old man. And it's really, really scary and yeah. concerning, actually. It's really concerning because... Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. He would hold our midfield and he would make people look better and he provided a lot of like defensive cover. And not only that, he, he had the legs on him to kind of like you know, run run in and like do things and he's not doing any of that. His man bypasses him and he's not providing that shield for the defense. And you know, I mean, like, let's even go, you know, we're gonna talk about like the 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 Brighton uh, you know, you're gonna talk about the Brighton game, the FA Cup yeah. one. But you know, he comes on a very, very lucky boy not to be sent off. You know, like 
the head's not, you know, like he's not mentally there and he's not physically there. I mean, he looks really tired. And, you know, with regards to Klopp's comments as well, that he's going to have to work his way back in. He just looks like a man that's just completely out of confidence. He looks tired. I know there's a lot of changes in his personal life. I think he's become a new dad. Yeah. That, that takes some adapting. But, you know, even before that, he was off it. Um, I just feel like, you know, Jürgen and, you know, Bad Setich, who's come in, who's who's doing really well, which is quite scary that we're relying on like this kid when you've got a player like Fabinho. But yeah, the fall from Grace has been quite staggering. I don't, Jurgen Klopp saying he's going to have to work his way back. I mean, we have a bit of a defensive issue right now. I don't know if, you know, if the legs have gone, maybe we try him as a, as a centre-back pairing. Yeah. Whilst, you know, we're, we're working out with what's happening with the defenders and that could kind of give him some confidence because in that COVID season, I thought he played the centre-back and I thought he was one of the better ones, <laughs> you know, in, in the, in the yeah. square pegs and round holes. Maybe him covering less ground and maybe just working more on the defensive side of the game might help him. I I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I know that people are calling for him to be gone, but... I find it quite strange and I don't mean to go there, but I think, you know, I think it's not looking great for him, but there have been players in that midfield who have looked far worse for many seasons mm-hmm. and they're still here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling a case. I'm not a sentimental person at all. And if we can get the right reinforcements and the right players and there is an actual strategy to our transfers and our rebuild and options off the bench. And if people like Fabinho and Henderson are, you know, gracefully moved on, I'm I'm done with it. But I just find it very, very strange that this conversation has happened when a player has had a bad half a season this season and people are talking about it like, is he going to be here next season? Just yeah, strange. it is. It's it's a it's a scary drop off. It's almost scary. Like say we're we're even initiating or having this conversation. I think I mean there's so many elements to it. I think like you say we're going to talk about it too much. But I think I've can't or I can't remember a worse eight minute substitute appearance or whatever it was than Fabinho. And like like you said, I could only assume VAR nipped out for a sausage roll at the time because that was a red card all mm-hmm. day long. No two ways about it. He knew it as well. He knew it. Yeah, of course he did. Absolutely. You could see in his face, he, he knew he was just almost waiting for it to happen. You could see him talking to the other teammates mm-hmm. as well. It's, it's like you want to say as well, if, if, if you're not quite there, maybe if he was, if it was a bad touch, things were not quite working with his passing, that's different. It's when Jurgen Klopp says, I'm going to, you know, he can work his way back in. How can you get legs back if your legs have gone and you're not really... Do you think his legs have gone? Do you think his legs have gone? I I, I think I'm... (laughs) I'm hoping to be proved wrong, and this is this is going to be a real politician answer. This is I know two ways about it. It's a, <laughs> it's a it's a time will tell. I just you know players go through drop offs for various reasons. You, you know you think why it's maybe his torch, like I said, something not quite happening. He, he has the turning circle of a tank, Nina, at the moment. You know he just looks. Mm-hmm. I think you said it like an old man on the pitch, mm-hmm. and I just don't know how you get that back. It's like. It's that old Bob Paisley sentiment, isn't it? You should let let their legs go on another player on another team's yeah. pitch, so to speak. So that's just what worries me. And then I even think, like you said, about the centre back thing. But then I think, well, we like to play quite a high line, don't we? You know, we quite often, we, you know, at our peak, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. play two on two, don't we? You know, because the full backs have pushed on. 
can you do that with Fabinho? I, I really don't see how at all at the same time. So, I, listen, it's not for me to say, you know, his legs have gone, but there's natural concerns there. And again, hope over expectation. Maybe it's just a, you know, hopeful a game or something, it can come back. But there's a lot of concerns there, I think, for a lot of people and understandable right now. So, yeah, quite quite a lot that came up in that press conference for a, for a short time as well. Definitely worth a watch if you get five minutes at all. So we'll move on to the Brighton, the FA Cup last Sunday, which ruined my Sunday afternoon. So it looked quite swimming at the time when Harvey Elliott put us 1-0 up. We weren't, we weren't brilliant. We weren't terrible. It was almost kind of one of those neutralish cancel-out type games, but... A lucky deflection for, I think it was Lewis Dunn, gets it 1-1 in the middle of the goal. And, you know, there's the odd chance here and there. Salah drags one wide. They have one where they should have done better. Ferguson, where Trent plays it off the line. But ultimately, it's that last-minute goal. And it's it's another goal from a set piece as well. And you look at it and you're thinking, I'm not quite sure what Joe Gomez is doing when he's got to block it. Darwin Nunes doesn't react, really. I mean, when I look at the overall performance, I think it wasn't terrible. And Christ, it was a far deal better than the last time he we went to Brighton, mm-hmm. but that's yeah. not really hard in all honesty at the mm-hmm. same time. So we saw some things that we wanted to see, but we didn't really create much. We didn't really, you know, it, it was an exciting game. And again, we just give a soft goal away at the end. And then thinking, there's, there's that much wrong. And at the same time, I know we, we mentioned other players there earlier. We're, we're not in control. That's wrong to say. But we're doing okay. You know, we're well, we're well in the game. It's quite even. The substitutions, though, and the impact that they have on the game. I mean, what, the substitutions, what did you honestly make of those? You know, the players that came on, the impact they have? Because I was just scratching my head at them, being honest. This is the problem, isn't it? I mean, the fact that it was the midfield that should have played because they deserve it, right? I mean, you've got two players there that you absolutely are frightened because they're two injury-prone players in Keita and Thiago, and the fact that you're having to rely on them is a big, big concern. Um, Yeah, we weren't creating much, and you're right. It was uh, better than what we saw against Brighton last time, but like you said, it wasn't hard. Again, I think the front three, um, you know, I found it, you know, very, very... Um, I think Elliot was on the left this time, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just... I don't know, like, for me, why not just tinker that front three a little? Like, why not play Gagpo on the left and Salah Central and Elliot on the right? Or, yeah. you know, like, you know, like, again, why are you not playing them where they might be the most comfortable? And, you know, I think Gagpo's just absolutely screaming for his first goal um, for the Reds. And I think I think a big weight will be lifted off his shoulders. But with regards to the subs, yeah, they came on and just stank the place out. I felt like, yeah. you know, it was just awful. We lost. If there was any control in the middle of the field, which obviously I felt like we were doing, I felt, felt like there was control in the middle. Um, I just felt like we lost it. We lost our composure. I felt like there was a drop-off. I almost... When I see those players play... I'm not filled with confidence. And the fact that those senior players came off the bench and we looked worse. 
And yeah. that is really, really scary. And this is why, and I don't want to go back to the transfer window, but, you know, you bring on players to tighten up a game or you bring on players to kind of see out the result or whatever you're wanting to do. It wasn't great, but I'm going to be honest with you, Dave. I'm glad we avoided a replay. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, maybe the uh, the one consolation is we don't have to play Brighton again, so to speak. Yeah, and just have a, another game to to forward in. And I, mean, I normally am scared, we... though. I am scared, though, Dave, because we've got all these games coming up, and you me- you mentioned some monster fixtures for the yeah. Reds. And of course, as we all know, t- minute management is absolutely important, more so with Liverpool, because our players tend to get injured a hell of a lot. You know, maybe it's just more under our microscope because we're Liverpool supporters, and we we this is what we kind of. I don't know, circle our, you know, football fandom around and this is what we watch mostly. But if he's having to make subs in some of these games and those players are having to come off off the bench, again, fear over hope. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'd love to be able to sort of argue or put a case forward. But yeah, it's like you say, you've, you've got the fear... So I actually saw the stat because everyone's talking about that, aren't they? 17 hamstring injuries in the last six months. Everyone's sort of focusing naturally and understandably around that. So also at the same time, it's kind of the contradiction of that is Thiago and Cater have started and managed three games in a row. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which seems amazing because with all the injuries we've had. But yeah, yeah it's like you say that the subs, it's like, oh my God, we're having to bring these on. Like, what impact is this going to now have type of thing? So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to counter, but there's just such a fear. And normally we talk about, at this stage, who's played the way in, who's played the way out. Might even be, like you mentioned, injuries now. I mean, being honest, I thought Ibu's been our best defender by some distance this yeah. month. And now he's got an injury. So, you know, there's that. And then you, people will naturally think about, well, Gomez been a bit rocky this season and, you know, definitely didn't cover himself in glory, let's put it that way, for the, the Brighton winner. But, you know, necessity, he's going to play that way. You, you then look at the midfield and like you said, you know, anyone played the way in or out? Well, how would you bring anyone back in based on Brighton? Can, can you make a case at all? I'm struggling. No, I'm looking at the, the subs bench right now and, uh, you know, Milner, Henderson was on the bench, Nunes came on, attacker, fine, Jones, Fabinho, Ox-Chamberlain. Uh, nothing inspires me. It reminds me of the Rafa uh, days when he had the solid yeah. 11 and nothing on the bench, but we're not even solid on the pitch right now. So it's actually, yeah. Yeah. It, it just, not, even back to them days, do you know what I mean? At least Letalek and Elzar might have legs on them type of thing. So who knows <laughs> type of thing. So yeah, that's what we're talking about in and out. I suppose, the only hope, the only hope I could think in any particular changes is he's got a lot, of, well, not a lot, but some stick in his last few games, Darwin Nunes. To be honest, he just didn't look fit to me. You know, the two times mm-hmm. he came on, I just thought he's brought him on because he needs an option, he needs to try something, but he's about 65%, 70% fit, something like that. So, so the only thing I can hope is, Nunes is, you know, fully fit. He's talked about his struggles in interview this season already. So, you know, he's ready to go. But other than that, it's like you say, people people played the way out. Maybe not. As you know, has anyone played the way in? 
Christ, if we're going to say those subs have played their way in, the standard is its lowest ever. So we'll keep that in mind when we come to sort of formation and lineups later on. I mean, Wolves is an interesting side. Almost three five two, similar to us. Don't seem to score many goals. Seems to be their problem, despite the, the difference in personnel. We did beat them in the FA Cup. The only win in January, the one nil with the Harvey Elliott Thunderbolt. The only win of the year. The only <laughs> win of the year. Don't say it like that. That's depressing, boys. Actually, true. Yeah, the only <laughs> win of the year so far. And interestingly, and again, transfer windows closed. Funnily enough, but Klopp did name check. Nunes and Neves, their midfielders, quite a few times in the press conference, talking mm. about how they hadn't played together. So, God, I mean, any any team we play seems to be a threat to us. The fact that he kept name-checking those two, Nina, though, repeatedly, Neves and Nunes, about them playing together, do you think he does see them as the sort of main threats, if that's the right case for tomorrow? If we keep them quiet, we'll be OK. I think so. You're right. He did. He did mention them a few times, and yeah, uh, obviously they didn't play together in both of the games that we faced them. And he kind of highlighted that. Well, like, okay, because I think the the question was to paraphrase again. Um, you know, you're playing them three times consecutively, yeah. and you know, you know, what can we expect? And he goes, well, it's going to be a different setup from us and them as well because both of those two players have not played together. And I think it was always Neves and Hodges, the two anchoring midfielders. Yeah. And obviously, um, uh, Neves hasn't played. And yeah, he kept kind of highlighting them. And yeah, of course, um, I think that is going to be the thing right there, right? Because as cliche as it sounds, midfield is where you win your games. So, you know, you yeah. win that battle. You know, you pretty much have control on the game. You decide the tempo. You you decide how the game's going to pan out. You you can, you know, be an attacking threat. You can be a defensive shield. The midfield works so hard. And those two players do work really well. And I think, you know, play, players like Nevers as well, not only are they really good in the defensive element of things, but, you know, you see him kind of whipping in the shots, don't you, and things. And, True. you know... And I think even when they were, you know, in an attacking sense, they haven't been providing much. I felt like he was the one that was maybe taking it upon himself as the captain to kind of do things and make things happen. So, you know, if you could keep that player quiet, that's going to be grand. And, you know, and I think, you know, with um, with Nunes as well, I mean, maybe he keeps talking. I think Liverpool fans have got a lot of bit of wishful thinking in that regard that maybe we go back in for that player. Mm. I don't know. I mean... They've got a good manager now as well. You know, they've actually got a manager with some kind of direction. I don't think they'll go down. Um, I think there was real, real genuine worry about them at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, they just don't score many goals, which is maybe good for us, but then maybe that's a worry for us as well. Maybe the floodgates open for them. I hope not. But yeah, I think for me, the midfield is where you're kind of looking at and you're thinking, hmm... That's where we're going to have to win the game. And they've got two, um, I'd say, very, very quality players in in those two players. Yeah, and it's amazing ever since that Sam Wallace article about the potential gentleman's agreement, I think he called it, that we've got with Wolves. How many people have sort of been heralding or raving about Matias Nunes, but he's maybe not quite set the world alight. Not that he's a bad player, you know, he's got quality. There's no two ways about it, but it will be interesting to see. And I mean... They, they set up, I would say, three five two. Yeah, very much a, a set system. Like, and as you mentioned, very much gives Ruben Neves the chance to be that that playmaker because he's a great passer with the ball at the same time as well. Make things tick for them as well. 
not like you said, they don't score many and we're not at the same time. So this has got no hallmarks of a sort of five all thriller coming our way type of thing. Do you think when I say special tactics for them, that's maybe the wrong phrase, Nina. Do you think it'll be more about plot setting up as in this sort of mid block we've set up? Do you think it'll be more about us continuing that or do you think you will adapt for Wolves at all in any way? It's really interesting. It's really interesting because I'm obviously like looking at, I'm just looking at their team lineup against yeah. uh, Man City now, um, you know, the players that they kind of played. And I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Sorry, Jimenez, Wang. I mean, it would make sense to kind of play like a mid-low block. I feel like just go back to those kind of basics. It's not a great... I think what you've got with our midfield is the ones that we hope that he'll play. Yeah. Um, I think what you have in those three is they're not going to leave... I feel like there's a bit of leg in there. Like, I think Naby Keita has got legs to put in a defensive shift and also try doing something in an attacking sense. Like, he's got the dribble in him. We know that. Yeah. That's good. You know, those, those are positives. We know Thiago. We know what he's all about. He's able to ping the pass and things. One thing I like about our midfield, um, you know, let's try being positive, is the fact that they will set up to not be leaving big, big spaces between them and the defence. That yeah. gives me hope. And Badge Setic does that as well. He's fearless, he's young, he's got the pedigree and I don't want to put big, big hopes on him because I feel like we've done that in the past with previous players like Sterling where we put all our hopes on these young players. I, It's sad that we're in this situation right now, but this 18, I think he's 18, this kid is really, yeah. really, you know, proving to be a really, really good young prospect. I think we will be kind of mid-block because, again, you know, they have some attackers as well. I think, you know, they've got players, you know, they've got Traore, they've got Jimenez, they've got Huang. I yeah. think we're going to try nullifying their attack because they have got, they've got Podens as well. They have got the attackers, but they're just not scoring. I think it will be a mid-low block. I can't see him setting up any other way. And I think another thing that may be I think we're going to get to this, but depending on the strikers that he plays, I think we're going to be kind of relying heavily on, and I hope he brings his game, because I actually think this player's been, as a whole, quite good since the World Cup. Trent, for me, as like he's in a game, he's been able to play in that majestic pass, and I've appreciated that, because yeah. that's something that the strikers can kind of feed off. 
I think that's really good. The only problem with playing like a low block or kind of sitting on the on the goalkeeper is the simple fact that I don't think Alisson likes it. And I think True. if you do play a low block, would that affect Alisson's game? Also, Alisson, um, I think he has been the player of the season for me. I think also it might negate the fact that he's able to put out the release to our attackers. And that way we can maybe bypass their midfield as well like that. So I mean, sorry, I'm just I'm I'm just got all these ideas in my head, and I'm just throwing them at you now. No, well, I like it. And to be fair, it, it it is a really tough one, and just the way everything's going at the moment it is so difficult to predict how you know who and how it's going to be. But we have got to do it, Nina. So if we're setting up, we're talking like a, a mid to to low block. So we start sort of pulling the team, probably a. Yes or no question, realistically. Same midfield for the last three games. Yes or no for you? I don't have a choice, absolutely. Cool, so that is a tick in that box. That is the midfield of Cater, Wee, Padge and Thiago. Trent, we know he's in there, he said. Robbo, it's standard. I mean, centre-back, there's Nat, Gomez and Matip. So is it Nat to miss out for you or anyone different? Yeah, I think Nat will have to miss out in this one. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe there might be some who argue that Gomez is fortunate, but it, it is what it is. Probably might be wrong, but this is the one that will be interesting. Your forward three, Nina, and importantly, where were they playing? Oh, okay. I am going with. I'm going to go all out because I feel like, um, you know, when I look at Wolves and I look like the game against Man City, I think one of them was a howler by the goalkeeper, right? He yeah, kind of threw yeah. it to Haaland. So you know they've got wobblers in them. And obviously, like I don't think I don't think he's the I I don't think he's the greatest goalkeeper. And I think you can rattle him. I think you can certainly do that in him in, in, in the season. I think what you do is I'm going to say, you know, if you're lacking everywhere else, go full-on attack and assault them. And I say you play your three, your three-star men. Like it. So Nunes, Gakpo and Salah. Is that yep. the front three for you? That, that is my front three. And I think what I would like to do is play Gakpo on the left. Yeah. Probably play Nunes central, but they're interchanging. You know, like they always do. They always like flip positions. Yeah. Just keep changing it up and Salah on the right, but not hogging the touchline. The, w- the way he played last season, basically, we can just go back to that. That would be great. Um, and then obviously he's got some defensive cover from the, the, the midfielder behind him, um, assuming it'll be Thiago. Um, and go with that kind of function. And also I'd have them interchange a lot. I know Nunes yeah. can play on the left. So, you know, switch it up with Gakpo and, you know, even to the case where I think Gakpo and Mo Salah play quite close together and Nunes as well. I just want Salah cutting in more. I think that is important because he knows the system. He knows how to play in this team. And I feel like he's going to have to be the mentor for them to strike. Because I think Nunes has found his feet and I think he's looking more and more fit. I would start him now. I think he's just going to cause chaos. And I think, that defence could be rattled. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That is exactly what I had for very similar elements as well. I think the reason I'm so keen to see Gakpo on the left, I mean, we saw 
we saw flashes in that Brighton game, didn't we? That, you know, he can drive deep, he can mm-hmm. come inside, you know, he's got a turn of pace. I just think oh, I was expecting to see more and almost try and build a relationship in the current climate. I thought Gakpo would be on the left, likes to come inside. And that almost opened up that channel for Robbo, you know, especially when he likes mm-hmm. to overlap, go on mm-hmm. that. It just made sense to me. But obviously everything that's happened and trying to be compact, that famous words maybe negated that. Like you said, I do want to see Salah getting into central key positions, getting the ball where he can hurt the team. Simple as that. And yeah, Nunes, like you say, he's always just that that chaos, that pace, making things happen for us in just his crazy style way. And I, I would be absolutely delighted with Salah, Nunes and Gakpo. And I know some people are going to say that's harsh on Harvey. You know, he scored a couple of goals and scored against Brighton, but I do think that is the, the strongest front three we can muster. So we'll see if Jurgen Klopp's listening at this time tomorrow or three o'clock tomorrow, won't be realistically. That will tell the tale. But that is the predicted lineup. Go Wizard Matip, Trent, Robbo, the normal three midfield, Cater, Badge, Thiago, Salah on the right, Gap on the left, and Darwin up top. So fingers crossed we see that. And the very, very final question I've got for you, Nina, mm-hmm. it's Beat the host. So, as the guest, you do get first dibs over the correct score and Liverpool's first scorer. So, who and what are you going for? After all that negative doom and gloom, I'm still going to predict a win. Um, <laughs> you know, like at the end of it all. Love it. I'm, I'm going to say 2-1 because I still think we are capable of conceding a goal. So, I'm going to go 2-1 to us. And my first goal scorer is going to be his first goal for Liverpool. I'm going to go Gakpo because you know what? And I'm only doing this just purely on a whim because I just don't. There's, normally it'd be Salah, it'd be Salah, and yeah. I'm just now I'm going to go a bit hipster and I'm going to be like, you know what? This guy's going to he's going to start something. So come on, Cordy. <laughs> like it, fingers crossed. I would love that to be true and give you the point. I am going to go. I just get a feeling this will be. One nil either way. I mean, if they if they score first, I've got so many nerves about you know the, the way it'll be. But going hopeful again, one nil win, and I can't bet against Mo Salah if the options there. So yeah, one nil Salah, fingers crossed. So we got two one Gakpo from Nina and one nil Salah from me. Fingers crossed. Listen, we'll take any of those. We'll take a win any way we can get it in the current climate. And as Nina kept saying, unfortunately, try and get that first win of 2023. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our post-conference presser. So it just needs me to say a couple of things. Nina, it has been an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much for your time today. No, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. So much more fun doing it before the game, right? Very true, very true. However, have you tell me if I'm wrong? Have you got a normal show coming up after the the Wolves game as well? Hopefully, yes. Um, we'll be back doing the post match stuff. Um, hopefully, I'm discussing a two one win and Gakpo gets his goal and it's the first league win of twenty three. You know, I just want to be right. But yeah, I'm back. And um, also, post match role will be um going live as well. So plenty of post match content for you guys. I hope 99% of that is right, but it's only a 1-0 <laughs> victory you're celebrating. So time will I'll tell. I'll take it. I'll take it. We will. We definitely will. But if you have been listening, wherever you are, wherever you are, 
Have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and we'll see you later, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.